Yay! What can I say? It's finally working. I am super duper stoked to be doing this Facebook Live for you today. It's also for me. It's not just for you. <laughs> this is for me. This is just as much for me as it is for you. Um, I always tell people that this work that I'm teaching, we teach what we most need to learn. And the reason why I'm teaching this uh, specific topic uh, and I'm dedicating my life to um, sharing this work is because it's something that I needed the most. We teach what we most need to learn. <clears throat> and the truth is that I did not know how to adequately respond to my own emotions. Um, my, I went from zero to a hundred in no time flat. I was constantly living in anxiety. Um, I lived my life wearing a mask uh, to cover up my insecurities. I became very successful at it, by the way. Um, so that was what the, 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 the shitty, not the shitty part, that was what um, kind of uh, is, a, is a big stumbling block to our growth. Uh, this is why I really love working with successful CEOs um, because our success in business, uh, which is great, which is usually at the result of our resilience because of the shit that we went through. So if you're a successful entrepreneur, doctor, whatever, a lot of my clients are very high-level successful people, um, but the but, which gets you results in life, which produces results because you're able to willpower your way through it because of all the resilience that you've kind of mustered from the challenges of your journey, uh, it, it's a double-edged sword um, because all of the success that I was experiencing in my, um, in my uh, business uh, was matched by the failures that I was experiencing in my personal relationships and the way that I felt in my own body, the, the, the level of safety that I internally felt just sitting and doing nothing, <laughs> you know, just being able to sit down and not have to be doing something. I didn't feel safe at all in that space. And my relationships were a reflection of the lack of safety that I felt. Uh, I showed up very avoidant in relationships, uh, very needy of attention. However, when I got it, I would push it away because, woo, intimacy. I realized, and there was very much driven by kind of the need for sexual validation, physical validation, financial validation. Um, and so while here I am building my chiropractic practice up, <clears throat> doing very well and being successful at it, uh, I really feel like I need to cough right now, but because I have a disc bulge, ironically, I'm a chiropractor, I have a disc bulge. Whenever I cough, it just fucking sends shooting pains. So it's really uncomfortable. So I'm trying to cough, but I'm trying not to cough. I'm just giving you the background of what's going on background as, in the background as I'm trying to deliver this to you. And what I discovered um, about this whole game was that my relationship with myself was really the 
the culprit. It wasn't a very fun discovery. Uh, it didn't feel good looking at myself. It didn't feel good pausing and even doing the work. I realized, like many of you here, that you've done personal development work, therapies, counseling, personal growth, and believe me, I fucking did them all. And it was just to get content. Here, let me just... And this is what I see, that especially the successful people, they literally are writing down everything. If you got to write down everything that I'm saying, it's because there's a trauma response saying, I don't want to miss anything because, you know, who I am is not enough. So you, you, in other words, this trauma response is so implicit in our physiology that we're not even aware. It literally runs our lives in, the, in, in our unconscious minds. And so what happens is we show up not as who we think we are, but it's actually a, um, a performance based on a persona, which is a mask, which is very kind of ego-based, to fill whatever need in that environment to help, me get my, to help me get my needs met. In other words, you know, it's the common kind of uh, experience where you... You know, you don't even know that you don't even know until you go through a divorce, a health crisis, midlife crisis, financial crisis, kind of existential crisis. And you're like, who the fuck am I? Usually happens between the ages of 30. I'm, I'm, it's going broad. Usually 35, 36, sometimes sooner, um, where you, you know, you have a breakup and it kind of forces you to wake up. And... Uh, after one divorce happened with me about 10 years ago, and then a series of failed relationships later where I thought I was doing work, which was personal development work, now I realize was just on a cognitive level, I did uh, something that was extremely uncomfortable for me, and I stopped working. Because I realized I, yeah, Diane, you said I, that's exactly how I used to be, and it all blew apart. Same here. So when everything blew apart about three years ago, it was it was three years ago actually. When it was it it was, I had already been through a divorce, like eight or nine failed relationships later, and then finally a toxic meltdown happened that I realized the game that I was unconsciously playing in my relationships, which was I was doing work to say that I was doing work and. Uh, the work that I was doing was just a, an extension of my ego, was just a kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like a transcendental, egoic, spiritual kind of like, oh, look at all the work that I've done. So when I see people posting and going, ah, I've done 25 years of therapy, I've done three years, of, I've done 13 years of therapy, kind of like a virtue signaling kind of like look at me look at look at how much work I've done which I can relate to because that was me um, I realized that that was a bypass that was a spiritual bypass because I didn't want to feel the pain of my own insecurity so I did something very difficult so when I have clients who are really intelligent using normally who are in their heads a lot who've been very um, uh, praised and recognized for their uh, scholastic, academic, career achievements, ex extremely intelligent, 
they come up with the exact same resistances in their relationships because of this lack of ability to be present internally in the body. In other words, for them, for us, I say us, not them, for us to just sit in one place and not have to be doing something productive, like working, being relevant, posting, you know, being recognized, being acknowledged, being validated, to not have that is pretty much like not breathing. So I did the most difficult thing I've ever done, which is to stop working, to stop gaining validation from clients saying that I've changed their lives, from women, not just one woman, women. <clears throat> and I thought I would die. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I've gained my whole identity based on being, you know, admired by a woman, women, um, seen as this really like amazingly giving type of person. And so fuck, was that ever painful to face my shadow? And I realized after I had started, had begun this work, it's now been three years that I've really gone into the somatics of it. I realized that number one, it's a never ending process. So I don't, so please, if you're here and you're posting and you're talking about, I, you know, talking to a counselor or a therapist for 10 years, that's not necessarily the deep inner healing work. The inner healing work involves facing uncomfortable feelings. And I'm going to talk a little bit about counselors and therapists uh, in a moment, psychiatrists and stuff, doctors, even other coaches, stuff like that. Um, and oftentimes consider the possibility that we are using these therapeutics to gain validation for our story so we don't have to feel the insignificance. That's called spiritual bypass. It's called cognitive bypass. Write those two words down. Spiritual bypass, um, which you can totally uh, read up on and <clears throat> see a lot of trainings on spiritual bypassing. I might even do it training on spiritual bypassing how do you know if you're spiritually bypassing it's it's those people who are like love and light ooh you know it's like you start doing in, in the spiritual healing communities you start to understand this concept of love and light and love and wisdom and so what happens is we we say oh no 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 um uh, peace be upon you uh, i'm just not going to i'm not going to be affected by the things that you say and it becomes a form of gaslighting <laughs> when you're like, oh, I'm just above you. That's actually an extension of the ego, right? It's very, very challenging to distinguish the difference. However, there's a part of you that really knows. You can tell when you are meeting somebody who has actually integrated their shadow. There's an authenticity and a presence to them that is unmistakable, that it's kind of like, um, you know, it's kind of like, let me give you an example. This is the best example. If I tell you I've done 20 years of therapy, but then I still show up as a narcissistic asshole who reacts heavily and attacks you and is very defensive every single time and doesn't take a moment to own their own shit, then you'll, you're going to say, mm, Nima, Whatever, I don't give a fuck about your 20 years of therapy. You're still showing up as a narcissistic asshole. Don't tell me all the therapies you've done. It's kind of like me showing up to you saying, I go to the gym. 
three times, you know, twice a day for the last six years. And then you look at me and I'm, you know, quite frankly, 200 pounds overweight. You're going to be like, dude, don't fucking tell me, like, don't tell me about all of the time that you spend in the gym. I'll be able to tell, like, so here's the difference is when I do dedicate myself to going to the gym twice a day for the last six years, <laughs> if I did that and I worked out that heavily, I won't have to tell you that I go to the gym. You'll actually hang out with me and go, whoa, you go to the gym, don't you? That's how inner healing work works. So I don't care if you're a narcissistic abuse survivor uh, coach with a podcast, <laughs> which this woman who um, kind of was calling me out for, for, for being incongruent and not having the right to help people because I'm a chiropractor, which I understand, but I don't care what your title is. When you've truly done the healing work, you don't have to tell me all of your credentials. I actually can feel your magnetism. I actually feel this safe kind of container uh, around you. Uh, you might trigger me, but um, you know you're you're humble enough. You're humble enough to admit somebody who's done deep inner healing work is humble enough to admit that their work is never done and that they're not above other people. I mean, we all have our own specialties. This is what my kind of expertise and interest is. So I'm going to have a little bit more knowledge about it. We have different hierarchies in that within what we do. I mean, I don't know anything about, I'm not that great of a cook, uh, a chef. I don't, you know, but I, but that's where their expertise is. You know, this is this is my values and my expertise. So this is where my zone of genius is, is in teaching this stuff. So it's not to say that I'm better or worse. I'm just saying this has been my journey as a chiropractor, helping people heal. I've been connecting these dots together. So I created this community um, out of a necessity. First of all, last year uh, I was in quarantine and all of a sudden, I'm sitting here, my pregnant fiance at the time was um, in Victoria uh, on the island, and here I am, I'm like, what do I do? Well, I decided to do two transmissions a day just to give people tools to chill the fuck out and realize that you can't, we're going into an unknown with coronavirus every day, more bad news, canceling the NBA, canceling the NHL, canceling schools, like, masks should we should we not you know then the whole black lives you know the george floyd thing happened and the world is going to hell in a handbasket and everybody's becoming reactive and the collective nervous systems of humanity were just fucking blowing the sh blowing up so i thought all right well this is what i teach i'm going to offer this and now here we are a year later and not that i'm complaining but we now have almost six thousand people at the time of recording of of this um Facebook Live. So we've let some people in who might not be a right fit for this community. And uh, I really appreciate all of the, you know, enthusiasm that everybody has um, when somebody, you know, asks for help or asks for advice. But what I've been noticing the past few days is that um, 
it's kind of like a soap opera and watching people who have no business giving relationship advice. <clears throat> How do I know? Because, well, I've known certain people like who, who I've known for like over five years, who I've known have troubles with infidelity. <laughs> One woman who's got this issue with infidelity of her husband was fucking around on him years ago, finally now divorced, mom, is now giving relationship advice, uh, complaining about how, you know, men are this and that. And it's just like, no, 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 no. I want to, uh, this is, this community to me is sacred, you know? And so as it's grown, um, and more people are asking questions, I'm finding myself this past week, uh, kind of burning myself out a little bit, trying to respond to them. And it was kind of like a wake up call when I realized some of the, um, back and forth clashing that happened with, uh, some of the, uh, feedback that I was giving that I realized, holy shit, Nima, you're, you, you've, you've fallen back into that old familiar pattern, which I'm sure you will resonate with, which is, um, you know, <laughs> the shadow knows motherfucker. Namaste. Got my popcorn ready. Um, as you know, basically, when, you know, when, if you've ever had this experience, deep down inside, when we try to rescue people, uh, the, it, it's actually, we think it's for other people. We think we're trying to help other people. But the truth is, is what we teach, is what I teach in my programs, is that the unconscious motive of the rescuer is to feel important and be right. And so as I started noticing my triggers coming up from some of these conversations, I had to kick two people out of the community. I had to sit down and go, all right, so why did you love the shit out of this? <laughs> Which is a really great question. I ask when you're doing shadow work, um, I usually ask my clients to ask that question just to help uncover a blind spot because we have blind spots. Why do I love the shit out of this? Ah, uh, okay. I got to be the rescuer. It was very familiar. It's kind of like I'm arguing with my mother. Usually it's the feminist, like angry women who are defensive. And I'm like, oh, that's familiar. Just like, just like when I was a kid uh, with my mother being gaslit, uh, trying to help and not feeling seen and heard. I'm like, whoa, there it is. And uh, so as I took a moment and I took a breath and I started putting these pieces together, I realized something is that when we we all are here to heal okay and i'm gonna and i'm gonna give you a concept right now that might feel a little bit triggering but kind of work with me here this community is about healing that's it it's the only conversation that i'm like aiming towards every response that i do every question that i answer every transmission that i um that i that comes through me has one intention which is healing from my experience working with the human body and the mind over 20 years if that's worth anything to you helping people from all all walks of life all levels of agony physical and emotional and observing patterns of how people heal and when people don't from my expertise here's what i've noticed is that we all consciously want to heal However, there are blind spots in our unconscious that actually 
don't. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, except to just fucking come out and say it. There's a part of us that doesn't want to heal, that pushes healing away. And I know that might sound crazy to you, and that might be triggering, and you might say, what are you talking about? I want to heal. I want to... Mm. Well, there's a, there's a few examples I can give you that can show you how that might not be true. One of the most common ones that I see is that if you were a child and you had to take care of mom and dad, and the only way that anyone ever paid any attention to you was when you injured something or when you got sick and all of a sudden people gave you love and you felt seen and heard and loved well you've now made an association with illness injury and love so unconsciously if you have this unconscious and by unconscious means it's not you're not aware it's actually in your body if you are in your 30s, 40s, and you're feeling alone, um, and you're feeling low self-esteem, and you're feeling rejected, don't be surprised if you attract or you co-create or you allow, I don't know the proper word for it, I'm going to come up with the proper word in just a moment, if you, uh, if, let's, let's use it, I want, I want to empower you, if you create unconsciously create a chronic illness and burnout and you know Lyme disease I see this with fibromyalgia by the way when you have fibromyalgia you go to the doctor doctor your doctor is rolling their eyes because they know it's an emotional thing any type of a chronic pain chronic illness um, you know it is often an unconscious strategy to receive love to receive attention you know, if you can get emotional and you can play the victim as a child, if you playing the victim got mom's attention, well, guess what? You will revert back to the victim. And to let go of your illness and your victim story that you've heavily identified with basically means letting go of love. And I'm not saying this to blame you because I get accused of being victim blamer all the time. I'm not blaming the victim. Let me say this one more time for those of you who accuse me of being a victim blamer. None of this is your fault. Let's throw the word blame out the window. None of this is your fault because it's unconscious. These unconscious motives that, are, that you don't have a backstage pass to because of your ego is blocking you from the shame of it. Because of that, you're going, to, uh, you're going to resist anything that has to do with true healing, and you're going to go to therapists, doctors, and counselors that will only validate your fucking victim story. And you'll do it for 23 years thinking you're doing the work, but you're not really doing the work you're doing it on a surface level you know what i mean it's kind of like getting a massage for a, for a trigger point that's deep in the muscles but you don't want to actually go deep and address it you just want kind of like like a rub-a-dub-dub just at the top surface that's kind of like counseling and therapy psychotherapy if you don't believe me go to the queen da queen queen bee herself of psychotherapists uh, Nicole, Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist, look her up and just read her story. She said, you know, what many of my friends who are in medicine and therapy, uh, 
you know, psychotherapy counseling, who I'm friends with say is that we don't get trained to actually help people heal. In fact, just because I have a psychotherapy diploma or a counseling diploma doesn't necessarily mean that I've done the introspective, deep inner healing work and faced my own shadows. It's not a requirement. It's actually illegal for the board of counselors and psychiatrists or psychologists to mandate that you yourself have faced your own inner child wound attachment wounds your own shadows there is no there is no stipulation so in other words you could go to a counselor or a therapist who has book training you know on you know who has book training uh, has, has passed a test but they never themselves have dealt with their own insecurities their own traumas it's very possible right it's like going to a um, it's like going to a personal trainer who is 50 pounds overweight, but they read all the books and they got their certification. It's like going to a financial advisor who completed the courses and got their, you know, their certification for it, but they themselves are like broke and, you know, $80,000 in debt. <laughs> Would you want to get help from them? That's the question, right? So, and often here's the other part of the challenge of going to a therapist. I see this a lot. This is one of the things that, uh, honestly, uh, I'm just letting you know that have come up as triggers for me when I see it. People who have never experienced our work, never seen the difference of what we do from traditional counseling and therapy and psychiatry. And then there's a post that's made and then people are like, I, uh, you know, I, my advice is to go see a counselor or a therapist. And this, this community and what I'm teaching is, is not to say to never go see a counseling or, a, or a therapist. It's to be, be cautious of it for two reasons. Number one, counseling and therapy is just talking on the surface. And you might be going to a counselor or therapist to talk about your problems, but you're not receiving any tools, any tools in self-regulation. In other words, you could be using the counselor or the therapist or couples counseling to then be validated because mommy and daddy didn't validate you. That's called transference, and it happens all the time. You don't even know that you're aware of it, but it's happening because mom and dad didn't listen to you, but now you can go every week and talk to the therapist because mom and dad didn't listen to you, and that's fine. You don't have a group of friends that you you know you feel alone you feel isolated that's it's a great start I'm just telling you not to stop there this community and the programs that we have are here designed to get you deeper past the surface cognitive level that you might be bypassing so that's the first reason why I take uh, I have a problem with using counselors for that reason exclusively I'm not saying not to 95% of our clients have done counseling therapy before, right? So it's, they just have been like, okay, I'm done telling my fucking story, <laughs> which is leads to my second part, which is in every, in which is exactly for those of you who have been asking for advice, I need help and sharing your backstory and what should I do? Here's, here's, here's what I want you to see because without understanding what I'm about to say here, you're going to be caught up in a drama triangle, 
okay what happens is if you scroll down and you look people are posting and they're sharing about their dramas okay and then other people what happens is you'll see a bunch of comments underneath of other people who um oh uh Gigi, you're a you're a um you're a uh you're an er doctor you're a real doctor i mean you deal with the emergencies so big props to you my best friends in er doc and uh, mad love to those but i just just talking to him by the way um i'm like how's he go how's I asked him, how's, how's work? How's business? He's like, before the COVID stuff, he said, about 70% of my patients that come in to see me in the ER are anxiety-related disorders. Let me say that again. This is my good friend. He he works in the Abbotsford ER. Uh, and I've, we've been childhood friends since we were seven. I went into chiropractic. He went into medicine. He's an ER physician. He said about 70% of new patients, of, of the patients that come in, is like, it's all anxiety disordered. I'm, I'm, I'm disillusioned by by medicine so uh my my one of my best my best friend is um dr russell kennedy who's a neuroscientist md so um this is well researched with with people who are just fed up of the system i'm just talking about the system the medical psychological counseling system is part of a system of indoctrination of the matrix which is unknowingly keeping you stuck in a drama triangle what do i mean by that check every single post that comes up okay you'll see it i want you to pay attention to people asking and i'm training you because i want to train you to start thinking differently because what we're doing is the opposite of therapy because once you get this you realize there's nothing to fix because you're not even fucking broken it's all perfectly um very very well um uh predictable behavioral patterns when you understand the dynamics of the drama triangle. In the drama triangle, there is a victim. Most likely, the person who's posting feels victimized by a partner who's not seeing them or hearing them or texting them back or inviting them to a birthday or whatever. And we start off in this position of victim. Okay, as we're in this victimhood, there has to be a perpetrator or a, or a villain or a persecutor that we are victimized to. A boyfriend who rejected us, uh, a, 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 a partner who didn't see us or hear us, um, a father who abandoned us, a mother who chose alcohol over us. You know, it's just we get stuck in this story and then there's a backstory of a it's a victim story of suffering that's what most posts are and i'm not here to invalidate your experience i'm here to help you and i'm not it's not personal to you this is universal for all of us so i want you to kind of zoom out that's why i call it the overview method look at it from this perspective from the overview effect looking at the earth from here in every one of your dramas that you're posting about and you need advice from you're the victim there's a perpetrator where whether it's your ex whether it's your son my son is abusive my my my, my kid is keeping me up all night there my, my my anxiety is is really bad on our last overview experience we had a guy with who's been diagnosed by his medical doctors with anxiety and panic disorder and he's like is this going to work for me he came i said well if you learn these tools you're going to you're going to dismantle it. And he realized that he was the victim and anxiety was the perpetrator, right? It, this is the, the illness becomes the perpetrator.
So if I have the victim to this perpetrator, then I'm going to need a, a hero, the third part of the drama triangle, which is a rescuer, a hero, to save me. So what happens is, is that we feel victimized by the perpetrator, and because we feel victimized, we then attack back with you know, blame and shame, or we withdraw from them which they might feel abandoned because of. So then they play victim. So then they fight back and they fire back and then you got, you're the victim and then you fire back and then they're the victim. And then they're like, oh, they're a narcissist. And then the other person's saying, you're the narcissist. And so all this is like, help, I need advice. In other words, somebody help me on the outside. I need a rescuer on the outside. And you, in this group, you're listening and you're reading and then all of a sudden you go, fuck, that was just like me. Oh my God, I was in this situation before. That, that sounds so familiar to me. I'm still wounded. I'm still a victim because I haven't done my own inner healing work except talking to a fucking therapist for 20 years about it, validating my victim story. Oh my gosh, that same thing happened to me. He's a narcissist. One word, run. So what you're doing is you're trying to rescue this person who's the victim to a savior, to a, to a narcissist. You want to be the savior, and we then get stuck in this drama triangle. And so what happens is we want to rescue those who are victims because we haven't done our own healing work and we feel insignificant. Most toxic relationship patterns begin with us desiring to go and rescue someone so that we can feel important. And then when we don't get validated enough for our rescue mission attempts, we don't get acknowledged enough, we don't get the favor returned to us when we're in need, oftentimes the person doesn't even ask us. We just volunteer. I notice myself. Some, I, I'm responding to people who are going through their victim stories and I'm trying to help help them and point out, uh, dude, you're in the wrong community by saying this victim story. There's a, you know, you can do that. And then because I didn't validate them, they then feel perpetrated by me because I'm just like the narcissist who's invalidated them or their mother and father. They attack me and they say, fuck off, you're just a chiropractor. I get defensive. I feel victimized. I then go, fuck you, get out of my, get out of my community. And then I perpetrate them back. When it was me that was trying to be the rescuer in the first place. Does this make sense? This is the drama triangle. And the second that I take my eyes off it, boom, I fall into unconsciousness and I will create a fucking drama out of it. And because I'm trying to rescue people that don't actually want rescuing. So my main assumption that was the limiting belief that was like, that I just realized was that some of us, and I'm going to say you because I'm talking to you and I, I know people don't like the word you. Uh, you want to limit the word, the use of the use of the word "you" in communication, because immediately people's ego defenses go up and go, "What are you talking about? That's not me. I'm not like that. No, I'm not like that." The ego defenses go up. So I usually like to say "we" so that the ego defenses don't go up, because we all share that. So consider the possibility that the advice that you're asking for, you don't actually and i talked to my friend russ about this and i said russ i'm feeling a little frustrated by my community why 
because a lot of them are asking for help and advice and I know and I'm spending all this emotional labor helping them they haven't invested in anything they they um, they act they don't they don't actually take they don't actually uh, take the advice sometimes they just post and they're gone there's one lady there's one lady I don't want to name names she was she met message and talked about how her son's a narcissist didn't even post a question just talked about you know no question just story 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 victim story victim story victim story I have a question victim story victim story victim story and no fucking question and so I'm now because the group is growing I'm learning I'm realizing that there's a huge difference between those that are genuinely looking for solutions and those that just want to be seen and heard and I'm becoming better at setting energetic boundaries because boundaries are a work in progress I'm a student of my boundaries I want you to really get this write this write this one down I am a student of my boundaries they are flexible they are expanding and contracting depending on how safe I feel they are uh, uh, they are a work in progress you know in an ideal world you know we don't need to have boundaries because everybody just understands and respects you know themselves and knows themselves and is empathetic and but that's just not the case so especially as this community is getting bigger I'm finding myself in a position where in order to maintain my sanity in order to maintain my own physical and emotional well-being and to make sure that I'm there for my 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 family my wife and my son and the community members who have actually taken their hard-earned money and invested it in actually receiving help that they get the priority of my energy and I had been doing so much labor emotional labor one of my good friends who's in this program in this group he messaged me he goes dude you work so fucking hard. and I was like exhausted after going back and forth with uh, you know helping people who don't actually plan on doing anything about it <laughs> they just want to be seen and heard and 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 just validated versus changing something within themselves uh, he said wow you're really working working hard on this man like the amount of time you take to to respond and so I was just like yeah this is this is not cool and so what I realized was that not everybody actually wants healing consider that possibility and I'm not ju making you wrong for it because true healing is hard work true healing means facing your shadows true healing means getting out of your story and looking inward and taking responsibility not blame let me say that again because it's not your fault I have to say that for those of you who, who I'll say it I am now I now have put it in three or four times in in each it's not your fault <laughs> it's about taking responsibility and looking inward and instead of you know because the questions are usually what should I do with my partner da, 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 da. it's like no, no no we look in and and realize that a person what would it, the real answer you want to ask yourself before you before you answer before you ask for advice is what would somebody who completely loves themselves do what would the most what's the most self-loving thing to do you know what how would a person who loves themselves behave in this situation 
That's the question. Because what you're looking for is, oh, he didn't text me back. Does he, you know, does she, is she affectionate with me? Is he affectionate with me? I, I expect more time. And it's like, okay, so what would a person who loves themselves do? All right. So um, I just wanted to tell you that before I went in and answered some of these questions. Um, <laughs> uh, we're not broken. What would a person who completely loves themselves do? That's what I want you to, you know, this is what I would love to, to get you to please write that question down. Lynn, thank you for writing that. What would a person who completely loves themselves do in this moment? So that's kind of like a guideline that I want to drop in for you, right? Because that will help, that will help you, um, you know, or another question, if your daughter was in the exact same situation with you, asking you the exact same question. What advice would you give her or him if it's your son? Those, like, work those through, and I promise you, you're going to get a lot of clarity, and you're not going to need so much outside advice, right? So I'm going to answer some questions. Um, thank you for trying. Keep the community on track. Perfect. Take my advice. <laughs> Take my advice. I don't use it anyway. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Um, how do you, how do I feel about EMDR? It's great. And it doesn't help you face your shadows. Okay. It's great. It's another tool. And there's nothing like being in a community. EMDR is, is great. I mean, if you're in rock bottom, anything that you do to move yourself up the ladder, great. But the thing is, you're always going to need a therapist outside of you. You still haven't learned how to become your own hero. That's still, do, M, do EMDR. I'm not saying not to do it. Go for it. Great. And learn how to become your own fucking rescuer. That's what this is about. Rescuing yourself. So I'm going to go through some of these questions that you guys asked. Um, and appreciate the rawness. And beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, bum, 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 bum. Just asking some questions. Beautiful. Awesome. Is this resonating with you? So... So you guys asked some great questions. I'm going to zip through them. And by the way, just an FYI, if you're new, I have a direct coaching style. Life is short. It's not a lot. I'm getting, you know, that movie, um, what was it with, uh, I forget what the movie was, Naked Gun or whatever. Uh, no, not Naked Gun, but when he says, I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm 45 years old. I'm getting too old to pussyfoot around. I'm just going to go direct into the point because... There's a lot of bullshit out there. <laughs> okay, so here are some questions. I love your questions, by the way. And I can tell when somebody's genuinely wanting, uh, you know, some solutions and to, to resolve things and when somebody just wants the attention. Hey, I, I, I'm not against wanting the attention. Just put up a post and say, hey, listen, I got no plans on doing anything about this. I just want to be seen and heard and for others to say me too, me too, me too. That's fine. <laughs> Just go do that in another fucking community because this is not a support group where we're all like misery loves company wanting to keep you stuck in that victim story. Yeah, th what we do is, is deep, deep shadow work. Be your own hero. Okay, so question. Here's number one. Brandy asks, my question in, re in regards to conflict within my relationship. Specifically, what it should look like after conflict occurs. I feel like the conflict should be discussed after it is experienced, and my partner would prefer to continue on without discussing what occurred. What should the process look like after a conflict is experienced in relationship? 
Thank you so much for your insight. Now, ask yourself this question in conflict, because this will be relevant for you even though Brandy asked the question. When you grew up, when you were growing up, what was conflict like? How was conflict done? What was conflict done? How was conflict done? Right? Uh, one of my one of our clients, Jason, he would have, you know, his 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 dad was kind of abusive to him. And then there after it was done, there was no conversation of 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 repair. Okay? The word that you're looking for is called repair. Write that word down. Repair post conflict. Chances are, unless you had unicorn parents, your, your parents didn't understand repair. There was conflict, and then there's shame about it and guilt. So because shame and guilt is really unbearable to me because I don't like, I don't know how to feel my feelings, and they're too painful, and I can't experience shame and guilt, fuck, I'll do everything not to because I'm so dissociated from myself. I'm not going to feel shame and guilt, so I don't want to talk to you after the conflict because to own my shit, I'd have to be... I'd have to feel guilt and shame. Fuck that noise. I don't want to feel that. So I'd rather not talk about it. That is why uh, after a misattunement or a rupture happens, write those words down, misattunement or rupture, whenever in, a, in, a, in an attachment, because we're talking about attachment theory, whenever a misattunement or a rupture with a friend, a loved one, whatever, misattunement, rupture, Ideally, what's going to happen, what I'm going to teach my son, is there's a rupture and then is like taking pause. What, what, what's, this is what we teach our clients. Taking a pause, owning your shit, owning your shadow, integrating your shadow, finding what you projected in the other person within yourself so that you're not high and mighty, so that you can dissolve your ego because whatever I see in you that pisses me off is an unresolved disowned part of myself that I don't like. So because I don't like that, I keep it hidden, locked in the basement of my subconscious. And because I can't run from it, I see it everywhere. My kid will act it out. You will act it out. My clients will act it out and it'll trigger the fuck out of me. In other words, only my shadows are being triggered, the parts of me that I don't like. So then after I take that pause after the conflict, my work is, this is what we teach our clients, becoming trigger-proof, which not likely you're not learning this at your psychotherapist's office, guaranteed, unless they are well-versed in this stuff, is to own my shadow, own what I project in you. And when I own what I project in you and I'm able to reparent those parts of myself and have understanding towards those parts of myself that I see in you, all of a sudden, I have understanding towards you because I understand myself. And there's another thing in conflict called transference. So not only is there projection, by the way, we teach this in all our trainings, not only is there a thing called uh, projection, which is all the traits that I see in you are parts of my shadow that I don't like, so you get to reflect it back to me. There's a thing called transference, which is the trigger that you're bringing up within me is causing me to feel not worthy, not good enough, I'm not enough, and that's a transference from a childhood wounding of mine. So there's two unconscious processes going on in every trigger. And none of this is something that I'm aware of, but it's in my body. And I don't know that it's there. I can talk to you about it, but it's, it's, 
it's still in my body and I can come to you as my counselor every week and talk about it once a week for 365 days but in that week that hour that I spend talking about it what about the 23 hours and six days after that when these feelings come up I still haven't received any training from you as my counselor or psychiatrist how to manage that oh too bad then I got to go back next week and I got to keep talking about it it's a good way to keep me stuck in that drama triangle of I'm the victim, poor me, it was all your father's fault, it's all your nar narc ex's fault, and I just need my therapist every week to talk to someone. You keep stuck in the cycle. I've been doing this for 23 years. In other words, I've been stuck in this fucking cycle for 23 years playing the victim, and uh, that doesn't really help anybody but your psychotherapist. So how about learning the skills? But here's the problem. It's going to be painful for me to own my part of the projection. It's going to be painful. And I have blind spots. I'm like, he's a narcissist. That person's a narcissist. Those people who point fingers at narc, the narc, he's a narc. My experience working with people, we've had hundreds of clients who like, my ex is a narcissist. Each of them are like, holy fuck. I'm a narcissist too. I'm a covert narcissist, which we're going to talk about. We're all covert narcissists when we can't empathize with our counterpart. <laughs> you might have a husband who's a narc that you're obsessed with, who's your ex, constantly preoccupied with other things, doesn't empathize with you. You're codependent on that narc, but not realizing that you're a narcissist to your children who don't feel your empathy because you're obsessed with getting approval externally, just like a narc would. And when somebody calls you out on it, you get defensive and say, no, I'm not. It's you. He's the narc, which is exactly what a narcissist would do. <laughs> so own what you fucking project in others. That's why I say this work is not for everyone. This community is not for everyone because not everybody's ready to own their inner Kanye to own their inner abuser, to own their inner murderer, to own their inner gaslighter, to own their inner uh, whore, <laughs> to own their inner liar. I can't stand liars. I can't stand people who do drama. Fuck. I just roll my eyes and go, ugh, damn, I wish I didn't know this stuff. Ignorance is bliss. I can see right through it. So I try to call people out on it, and then I realize, shit, they don't want help. They just want to be heard. Step one is own, own what you project in others and integrate the transference that this is about. Once you've done that in the conflict, all of a sudden, and you can see, here's the other part, you can see your role in the drama triangle, that you're the victim, but you're also the perpetrator and you were the rescuer. The second that you can see all three, you realize there's nothing to fix. You don't have to change the other person. Literally, our clients, like I just have one example. Um, uh, Rachel just messaged me and she's three weeks into our program and, she, and it takes a while because at first you're like, huh, I don't get it because of your fucking blind spots that we all have. Our ego doesn't want to see it. She just messaged me. She said, oh my God, Holy shit, I see it now. I said, please share. She goes, the stories, the drama, the looking to others to tell us what to do. You know, everybody wants the other person to change. My marriage, my God, my marriage just had a huge shift. I started showing up differently and boom, so did he. I know you're not shocked. In other words, 
She's tired of the marital issues, blaming him he had the affair. She's done three weeks of the work, and all of a sudden, the dynamics have shifted because within the conflict, she now realized her role in it. Not her fault, but her role in it. And automatically, the dynamics shifted. And then, once you shift that dynamic, you become a completely safe container to talk. And when you share, you share your side of it, your incongruencies, your inauthenticities with vulnerability. When you do that, your partner, all of a sudden, fucking their heart opens and melts. But you can't fake this process. And it takes a lot of training. But we teach people how to do it. And we do it constantly. I get into arguments with Diana, not all the time. We, we have a nice little uh, conflict, at least maybe once a week or whatever. I don't know, once every couple weeks. Diana, how often how often do we argue? <laughs> a couple times a month it comes up. But right away I'm able to take full ownership and then share my ownership my vulnerably, you know, cuz it's embarrassing to do. But when you do that, you literally shift the dynamic because people are very open-hearted to somebody who uh, takes off the mask and is real. I mean, it's so fucking rare that our clients, when they do that with their with their partners, their partners are like, oh my God, he's changing. I'm like, you've changed, right? You know, so this is, this is a, an inward journey. Take, pick up the, you know, put down the magnifying glass and pick up a fucking mirror instead. That's what this, that's what this program, that's what this community is about. It might not be your cup of tea. That's fine. There's a shit ton of support groups out there. Go have at it. This is a sacred place where we're, we're putting people who work with us, they invest, they make this a priority and they put their hands up and they say, they say, I'm going to be the one to break the cycle. I'm not waiting on the world to change. That John Mayer, to, the, fuck, that John Mayer song could be the the uh, the the theme song for this this group. <laughs> waiting for the world to change. I just want the world to change so that I can then feel secure. No, that's not what this conversation is about. <laughs> every five minutes right my goodness i've laughed snorted and exclaimed yes all throughout this really grateful really grateful for the validation tonight great i'm glad i'm glad okay so ho hopefully that was helpful next question brandy let me know if that resonated with you uh next question was kira uh, i know she has to work right now <laughs> but but here we go. Knowing what you know after years of teaching the steps and the work, what are your favorite go-to pattern interrupters when you yourself get triggered? I don't get triggered. I'm perfect. I'm always loving light. I'm just loving light every fucking day. It's like just loving light. I'm loving... What are you talking... Me? Triggered? Fuck that. I'm always even keel. Love and light, motherfuckers. It's, I just say love and light, motherfuckers. It's all good. I'm, I'm above this. That's called spiritual bypassing, by the way. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Oh, peace be upon you. I'm not going to deal with how pissed, pissed off you make me. I'm just going to pretend like I'm above it all. That's bullshit. <laughs> False enlightenment. Um, though I'm sure it happens less to a lower degree. True. No, it still happens quite daily in this community and the people we work with. I get triggered every day. I can't imagine even with everything, you're impervious to negative emotions. I am not impervious to negative emotions. I'm an incredible amount of physical pain right now, and I, I, I experience emotional pain, although a lot less now. I suffer a lot less. That's the key. You can have pain without suffering. 
pain is a part of life but rather conscious of them is um, and re responsive rather than reactive is that correct so my favorite go-to pattern I'll tell it to you right away it's called the four permissions is that in every moment whatever emotion that I'm experiencing I validate it right away and that will take you months to undo okay let me give you an example when ever since you were a child ever since you were a kid Whenever you've had an emotion, consider the possibility that a mother or father who doesn't know what to do with their emotions is invalidating you and saying, don't cry, don't be angry. Okay? Don't cry, don't be angry. Fair enough? You then get the message that my emotions are not valid and I should suppress them. That's everybody. You know, if you feel that you can't feel your emotions, if you are like disconnected from your body and you just can't feel anything, uh, Katie, you're here. This is classic example when she started with us last year she goes I just don't feel anything I'm up here the whole time I'm like yeah that's most of us the truth is is because we don't feel safe to feel negative emotions so the first so what you're gonna want to do is to validate it and, and make every emotion that you're experiencing okay it's okay to feel anxiety it's safe to feel fear I'm allowed to feel guilt it's okay to, I have permission to feel shame. The second I give myself permission to have it, I literally have shifted from resistance of the emotion and then resisting the emotion. So not only am I having shameful, let's say I'm, I'm experiencing shame, not only am I experiencing shame, but then now I'm resisting it saying I shouldn't feel the shame. So I'm basically the first dart is the negative emotion and the second dart at myself is the gaslighting of that emotion so I'm now resisting the resistance and that makes the trigger worse and so the first thing that I teach we teach all our clients in our programs is to quickly validate and allow whatever emotion is coming up which is gonna be very difficult because tomorrow you're gonna forget this great analogy of this is when I took my wife playing tennis for the first time she was pregnant you're like, hey, let's go do something physical. And she's like, I've never played tennis. I'm like, all right, let's went and bought some rackets. There's a tennis court just a few blocks away. And then we start playing tennis. She's never played tennis. She plays badminton. She's played badminton for a long time. And there's a huge difference. She's like, oh, tennis, badminton. It's okay. I'll do fine. Tennis, badminton, same shit, right? It's a racket sport no problem so what happens is as we play tennis here's the, but there's a huge difference between tennis and 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 um, badminton tennis it you don't use your wrists you use your wrists but it's to kind of like spin the ball right and it's very minimal wrist and it's very conscious right but it's mostly with the body and the arm and twisting your body right whereas badminton is 99% well 80% wrist so you everything is a, a flick of the wrist so as I told her I said this is different from badminton uh, tennis is and so she's like okay I got it so that day as we're playing cognitively I told her to use the body and the arm but her body has a memory and a stored set uh, pattern of using the wrist so basically it was the shittiest tennis match I've ever played because she kept slamming it and over the fence and every like five minutes I was like fuck I gotta go retrieve another ball and so I'm like I come back I'm like babe 
no wrist. And she goes, okay, I got it. Very two minutes later, and what that, what I, what I got out of that is that it doesn't matter all the cognitive training that you do. You must practice this internally in your body. That's why in our trigger proof, in, in our, in our community, when we're training people to become trigger proof, we literally do it twice a week and in a community where we lean into our triggers and expand our capacity. So as much as I'm going to tell you this, the chances of you actually doing the work without a guide, a community, uh, a regular training, and here's the key, skin in the game. In other words, it's not important unless I'm actually like investing in it. Otherwise, I won't do it, right? slowly over time you can turn this badminton habit into tennis how long do you think it would take diana to stop this habit of slamming with her wrist it would probably take months the same thing is going to happen with you with your triggers so just by watching a facebook live or a podcast what podcasts or books can i read it's good information but that's the difference between counseling information and me telling her hey just stop using your wrist and for her for months to practice and to unlearn the habit of using the wrist so it's going to take you time to unlearn the habit of invalidating your emotions hopefully that that was useful for you kira okay shay asked the question does was that one useful for you was that a good one for you perfect Shay asks, how did you know you were ready to teach this and be in service to others? How did you know the call was genuine and not serving you in a I need to be needed kind of way or is it both? Ha! Huh, great question. Just like I said in the beginning, I started off um, that I broke the cycle when she was little, cry, I would cry. Is that, are you perfect? I'm glad. Yes, Bianca. See, this community is about breaking the cycle. So if you don't do that and become trigger proof you will pass that along to your children unconsciously not because you're a shit mom or a shit dad but it's because i i can see myself doing it when you know when dominic is crying i'm like fuck what's the matter with you right because i'm gaslighting him the kid is teething but I'm making his tears mean that I'm a shit dad, so I'm going to get reactive to him. So the reason why I do this work to expand that space between stimulus and response is for my son, you know, and for the community and for everybody, which is great for this. You know, how did you know the call was genuine and not serving you in a way I need to be needed kind of way? Or is it both? The truth is, is both. There's a part of me that needs to be needed. <laughs> There's a part of me that needs to be needed. Absolutely. There's a part of me that absolutely loves the attention. And when my clients post up these little things that say thank you, all that, of course there's a part of me that's like, woohoo, because of all the sacrifices that I made. I spent hundreds of thousands to learn this. I invested heavily. I've taken massive risks to invest in my business, to, you know, put out content. You know, you know if you're watching this on YouTube for free it cost me money to produce it for you to watch like i'm paying to 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 put out my content to market myself to to share this message so that the people who feel called and inspired can reach out to the man to help them because i 
and, and my team because I feel that this stuff is mo more comprehensive than anything out there. How do I know? Well, if there was more, I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still integrating as I go. I'm literally enrolled in constantly refining my methodology so they just keep getting better and better. So with that investment, I definitely want a return of investment. So of course, I, I'm doing this for the financial gain. I'm doing this for the emotional validation that I get where my life means something and I'm, I'm making a difference for others. Of course, it's just as altruistic as this is narcissistic. So how you know that you're going to be doing something that's powerful is when you can integrate both. You don't have to pretend to not have one side. Does that make sense? So your ultimate power in something, and, and that's what makes me powerful in what I do, is because I'm not ashamed of those selfish parts of me. That's, that's the elephant in the, in the brain. That's the hidden blind spot that we have is that everything that we're doing is really for self-interest. We have a self-interested part of us that is our main motivator. Most of the time, we're ashamed of that part or we're trying to hide that part. Why? It's a part of me. I don't have to run from that shadow part of me. I've integrated that part. And I have a part of me that wants to, when I take my very last breath, I want to be surrounded by people. Uh, I want to be surrounded by people who felt that I touched their lives and made a difference. Uh, I want my son to say, wow, because of you, my life is, has, been, has been better. So I want to make a difference for this planet, um, you know, for planet Earth in my own unique gifts. And I want, you know, the narcissistic part of me to, to feel validated as well. So the, the, the key here is which part of you is leading. If you don't acknowledge your narcissistic part, that's the dangerous part. That's when you have that's when you have a fucking problem. <laughs> when you deny that part of you, then guess what? You're the problem because it's running you. <laughs> oh no, 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 I'm just doing this for you. I'm taking all of this time out of my schedule answering people who feel entitled to my time <laughs> all because of you. No. It's partially because of you. Because I want to, I have, it's for fair exchange. I have a very powerful tool that helps heal humanity's ills by helping people become, um, by helping people become the greatest versions of themselves and become self-healers, not needy and dependent on, on rescuers outside of themselves. Right? That's a noble cause. And while I want to give that gift, I want to receive, I want to be paid handsomely. I want to live the life of my design on my terms. I want to do what I love, where I love, with who I love. Narcissist, altruist. There's both parts of me. Does that make sense? Your legacy is infinite. I happen to be on this journey with you. Deb, love Deb. Deb was a patient of mine in my chiropractic clinic uh, in Maple Ridge and became kind of like surrogate family i just kind of uh, she adopted me into the family so it's great to have you be part of this 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 thing here too okay next question um arosa asks i've been in i've been with my husband for almost 37 uh, lynn says you're in alignment with your purpose Nima. Mwah. selfish altruism is one of my values hell yeah gg fist bump sister okay 
So I've been with my husband for almost 37 years, four kids, including the baby I had when we got together, six grandchildren. We've accumulated lots of things, good and bad. At 56 years old, we are still having the same arguments, almost the exact same fights. Same fight, different day. Does that re resonate with you? The issue that brings up the fight may change, but we always end up in the same grooves we've sledded down for 37 years. I love it. Currently reading Anxiety Rx. Yes, that's, that's a... Uh, Dr. Russell Kennedy's uh, groove in the snow. It's like a familiar condition pattern. You've been sledding down that fucking groove for 37 years. For those of you in Australia, that's it's a snow reference. It's that flaky white stuff that's really cold for, all, for those of you in Australia. Um, and Bali, who have no fucking clue what snow is. Currently, the more we argue, the more brutally we attack each other. We're both totally exhausted, but also very attached. We're on the verge of throwing in the towel. Ooh, should I stay? Should I go? My favorite question. We're on the verge of throwing in the towel. We love each other, although we never had role models to show us what that looks like. Arosa, you're not alone. Uh, but it doesn't feel good anymore. I'm so worn out, old and beaten down. And I guess my question is, how can I change the trajectory of these fights while I'm trying to work on my triggers? I want to try to heal, but I can't control my emotions when we discuss when we discuss things. All right, so the first thing that I would say to you, Arosa, is... You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast, designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Become Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Um, if you feel it doesn't sound like you feel unsafe. So the first thing I got to say is if you're if these arguments are leading to any in physical injuries, then um, get the heck out of there and create that space for your nervous system to regulate. The second thing that I would uh, to share is, is if, if you're safe and you are wanting to do this, then your work is to become trigger proof. And that's to, first of all, be willing to have triggers. Be willing to, because if you, it sounds to me from the tone of your question that you have a lot of uh, judgment towards yourself for your emotions. Big surprise, so do we all. That's the big gaslight that we do is to ourselves. So if you were to, first of all, give yourself permission to have any and all of these emotions, number one, and number two, um, Start to learn how to expand that space between stimulus and response and learn about projection, learn about transference. In fact, if you were to join our uh, Intimacy Accelerator program, it's just six weeks long. 
just scroll up and see um, uh, Kathy uh, so so Sodvi. I, f I forget her last name. Martin. Uh, Kathy Sodvi Martin. Uh, just look at her thing. When she started, there was an affair. There was like, I got to get out of this relationship. They were broken up and she started the work with us. And within six weeks, I'm talking, I mean, how many years did you say? You guys, 37 years. What it, What about invest? Is your family life before you leave? Here's what I'm saying. If you're not, um, if you're not, um, if you're not unsafe and you're safe in that environment, Start with our six-week intimacy accelerator, and I guarantee you that the relationship is completely different. Scroll up and see Kathy's relation, uh, thing. She's like, he didn't even do the work. Her husband didn't even do the work, but they're looking at each other differently. Why? Because she changed the relationship with yourself. So, um, you know, how can I change the trajectory of these fights? The first step is to stop gaslighting yourself and give yourself permission to have your emotions come up. And number two, start to get training because there's a lot happening in your blind spots of what he's projecting in you and it's transferring in you because the fights aren't about the fights. You know that. It's about an old unresolved attachment wound. Go all in with yourself. Is your marriage worth it? Is your quality of life worth it? What is it worth to you to spend each and every day kind of in a state of inner peace and looking at each other as a team again? Kathy, there you are. Woo, I was talking about you. Uh, only six weeks and it's still working today. You want to know why it's still working? Because Nima's not the one that did the work. It was Kathy that learned how to rescue herself because Kathy didn't, she's like, help i'm like all right i can help you by teaching you how to help yourself so you don't fucking need me sure you might want to go into extra training with me you might want to get one-on-one -on -one coaching uh with stuff so that i can train you but i it's like martial arts you know i'm like um like morpheus neo you're the one neo i'm the middle eastern morpheus which i want to to help you download the skills so that you realize you're the one not me does that make sense? Hopefully, Arosa, that helps. I'm going to leave you a link for a discovery call right afterwards. If you're if you're resonating with this and you're like, all right, enough pussyfooting around. I'm ready to put my money where my mouth is. I'm ready to actually do the work and I'm ready to receive the help. I'm going to uh, put a link down there. For the people who are scared and not ready, that's okay. You can keep lurking. Wait. You know, usually there's two things. Because the work is difficult, facing your shadows is not going to be easy. You're going to resist it because it's easier to want the other person to do the work so that you don't have to face your shadows. It's kind of like, yeah, we, we don't want to do the work, right? The only way that you're going to want to invest the time and the resources because it's so scary is doing the work. Like the, You have to get to a place of my back is up against the wall. I am totally uncomfortable. I can't live like this anymore. Right? Because you'll deal with the pain, but the pain of doing the work has to be less than the pain of your current reality. Otherwise, you're just going to be like, you're going to be an asshole. You know those kind of friends? You know the kind of friend you have where they ask you for advice and then they don't take it? <laughs> love you, Kathy. Big love for you. Um, uh, that uh, Big love for you, Kathy. Um, it's a it's the discovery call thing is is um 
uh, is right there uh, in the pinned post. You can you can do that, GG. If you're if you're down for it, it's six weeks, deep dark shadow work, six weeks, uh, one training a week. It's pretty badass and it's hugely transformative. And then afterwards, if you want to go deeper and have more one on ones, there's an opportunity there. But um, what I was going to say is that you don't really want to do the work. That you have to get to a place where you're like, fuck, it's a pain in the ass to do the work and to take ownership for my projections and transferences. I'd rather not look inside. I'd rather just just go to a therapist and just tell my victim story. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you got to actually be at a place where you're like, okay, enough. I can't be, do like this. I can't be like this anymore. We just signed on a new client to the Intimacy Accelerator just yesterday who was like, I'm on my third divorce. And I've been doing the therapy thing and blaming and you trigger the fuck out of me, Nima. But it's time that I stop looking for validation and start learning how to love myself. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, I like what you just said. Um, uh, Hey, Ange, what's up, sister? Make sure you go back and watch from the beginning. Just like that saying, until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change, nothing happens. Exactly. So if you're asking and you're comfortable, you're likely not wanting to. You're, you want change consciously, but your unconscious has grown comfort in the familiar pattern. Erosa, you're going to have to overcome that because to... To, to jump in and do the work is like, oh my God, who would I be without this story? Who would I be without this victim story? Ah, uh, no, no, no. Uh, I can't afford it. Uh, I don't have the time. Ooh, I'm really, like you start making excuses. I'm really busy. Mm, this is what happens. People register, they come on discovery calls and they're like, I'm ready. I'm totally ready. They have tears. And then all of a sudden the reality of, oh fuck, I'm going to have to change. Ooh, oh, well, let me see what my husband says. Uh, let me check with my, uh, so-and-so and, Hmm, let me just think about it. In other words, let me talk my way back into my comfort. Cause you know what? I just realized that I say consciously I want change, but deep down inside I'm afraid. And I'm not judging you because this is, quite frankly, there's 6,000 people in this community right now. I'm willing to bet, and I talked to Dr. Russ about this um, just yesterday. We had a call, and I was just like, just help me unpack this shit. <laughs> Sometimes we need an outside. Just help me. And he's like, yeah, about 90% of people don't want to change. Co consciously they do, but unconsciously those old familiar sledding grooves in the snow they're so familiar it's comfortable so you got to be willing how do you know you're ready the pain of staying the same is worse than the pain of changing because it's going to be painful there's financial investment there's time there's going to be facing feelings there's going to be sitting in discomfort you know your triggers are going to come up in your in the program so you're signing up to be triggered right and you're going to want to run and then i'll be like ah, 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 ah. see that that's your that's your old pattern. You're running. I triggered you. I said that thing. That's your old pattern. Can you see it? No, I don't belong here. My I don't belong trigger comes up. If you sign up, for, check this out. If you have an I don't belong trigger uh, that's deep as a core wound, you're going to join the program. You're going to talk to, and you're going to listen to people share. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, fuck, I don't belong here. I made a mistake. I, I, I'm not, and I'll be like, and we've had that happen. I'll be like, uh-uh. You didn't make a mistake. You signed up to have your I don't belong trigger come up so that you can consciously choose a different response rather than running away.
You know, that's why that's why those of you who who share, who's like one word, he's a narcissist. Run! How many of you have just keep running from one thing to another? This group is about not running because you know, whatever you, you know, whatever you keep running away from will chase after you. This is about stopping the running. Hopefully this is making sense. Next question. All right. Question. Gigi, I love you, sister. I, you know, we have the, the Middle Eastern vibe going. Uh, I don't know if you're Egyptian or what, what, Egyptian, I don't know. I'm just getting an Egyptian vibe from you or uh, Lebanese, Lebanese possibly. Question. This is a great question. How do we differentiate something we need as a true need versus coming from a wounding? Ooh. Great question. Example, last relationship I had, a convo in January, an Egyptian, oh, fuck, I just called it. See, I just called it. That was great. By the way, I went to Egypt a couple years ago, saw the pyramids, amazing food. The country's in a little bit of trouble, but, uh, but I love, you know, the culture. Okay, last relationship. Uh, I had a convo in January and I expressed that I need to see the man I'm with at least twice a week and at least one night spent together weekly. It's just like she's basically owning it. Sister, fucking own it. This is what I need, right? Um, physical touch and quality time in my love languages. You communicated your needs. You communicated your values like a functional, like a fucking functional adult. You know, fist bump, doing the right thing. He said he felt the same way. So you got an agreement. Perfect. Once a week is just dating, according to you. Perfect. In your world, that's great. I, in your life, I mean, there are relationships out there where both people have an agreement. They're married, but they see each other once a week. Wouldn't work for me. I agree. I agree with you. I couldn't just see Diana once a week. That that would suck for me too. So once a week, according to you, is just dating. He said he needed the same. So you had agreement. Fast forward to April and nothing changes. Okay. So he keeps breaking your boundary again and again and again, seeing each other once every seven to 10 days, sex at once every three to four weeks. His schedule changed to accommodate seeing each other weekly on Saturday. So he is kind of he did change it a little bit, but still it's not enough. After patiently waiting for three months for his work schedule to change, when the fifth Saturday in a row something came up, I was done. Okay. We were to have three days of being together, and he put all kinds of things into that weekend where we might have only five hours together. I broke up with him, told him I'm stepping back from exclusivity. Open to continuing to date, but giving myself permission to get my needs met and for him to focus on what he needs to. I see personally, you said, I, I do need to see my man more often than three times a month and I need sex at least once a week. Okay, was this just my wounding acting up? Just judging from your tone, Gigi, I don't see any problem with what you just did. You owned it. You said, look, this is what I asked for. This is my boundary. And when it was broken again and again, you loved yourself. And so here's the question you want to ask. Again, I'm asking you, what would the most self-loving thing be to do? And the answer was what you did. What you did was a self-loving act. You were, it's hurtful, right? It's hurtful. It hurts because you clearly, you like this guy. You want more of his time, but he's not willing to do that. So you said, look, 
let's keep dating, but I got to go get my needs met. Hope that's okay with you. You're forthcoming. You were honest. I don't know if he agreed or not. I'm not sure. Did he agree if that's cool? Right? Um, did he agree? Is that cool? That's, that's fucking fantastic. You're doing the right thing. Exactly. Is it from a wounding? Well, how to, the, the, the original question is, how do we differentiate something we need as a true need versus coming from a wounding? It really, there's a part of me that's saying it really doesn't matter. Let's say part of it was a wounding. Um, the question you want to ask is this. This is, this is what I ask is, if you're noticing the pattern happening again and again and again, then I, in that moment, I'd be like, hmm, I'm going through this pattern again. There's something I would love to look at within myself. So then the feeling that you might be getting, because you came to the overview experience, you can actually do an overview on this one. You did the one on your business. I would actually take your thing or just come to the intimacy accelerator and go deeper and because the overview experience is part of that. I would use the same uh, thing that you saw, the tough love letter, and do it about him. Okay? Try that and just fucking dump it all out and then flip it like we did. Um, and then you'll have a new discovery. I just gave you a tool right there. I hope you're using it more and more because you're the rescuer, right? So keep using that you there's there's definitely stuff for you to see here I didn't see anything wrong with what you did you did you know whether it was coming from a wounding or not I'm sure there was parts of you that was like you know I feel abandoned I feel hurt I feel wounded you want to really acknowledge those parts and not gaslight them you want to do an overview on them you want to use the tools that you learned or if you haven't mastered it yet, master them so that when something like this happens, you can sit down and do a meditation and do the work on it and do, the, do an overview on it and all of a sudden come through on the other side and one of two things are going to happen. You're going to either realize that, okay, this is, you know, you're okay and you might not, you know, the needs that you have for physical touch might come from a wounding and if those parts that are coming from a wounding are addressed you might shift how you see things or it might confirm it and go you know what i'm not gonna i'm not gonna compromise which is what sounds like you did and you set a boundary and you did the right thing right and so either he stepped but there but but what i would do if i was in your situation is there's still what I'm sensing is there's still a part of you that is hurt exactly bingo thank you you got it Gigi there's this is what I was gonna say there's still a part of you that feels the anger the hurt and the pain and what you're likely doing is you're not acknowledging those parts you just said it right there I just felt it coming through and we just boom there's a part of you that isn't that that feels all of those things Right. And so because you're so good at gaslighting yourself, you don't acknowledge those parts. And because you don't acknowledge those parts, there's an anxiety because that the anxiety that you're feeling right now, the anxiety that you're feeling is the wounded part of those wounded parts of you that are hurt because it is part of you're wounded. I would be wounded, too. There's nothing wrong with being wounded. 
You're an ER doctor. It's a wound is part of healing. It's when you have an emotional injury. We have them daily. You know, when that woman told me to fuck off, you're just a chiropractor. That felt, that was a wound. That felt like a wound, right? And it hurt. But the difference is, is that I don't gaslight myself. I allow. I integrate. I do it on the fly now. As you practice this, Gigi, and you start mastering, if you jump in and really learn, within three to six months, you literally are able to do this on the fly. In other words, the badminton that you're used to doing, which is gaslighting yourself by flicking your wrist on the tennis shot, you then learn how to use this. Because you're a very intelligent person. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. You're used to gaslighting yourself. That's your flicking the wrist, the badminton wrist. And that's, that's happened for decades. You know, you're 29 years old, <laughs> just like me. And so you've been doing it for, you know, 28 years. You've been gaslighting yourself. So you're going to flick that wrist. So it's going to take you a few months. When I tell people when you're starting your trigger-proof training with us and, you know, showing up on the calls, doing the work with us, it takes about 90 days for you to start getting consciously competent. You first start off unconsciously incompetent. Gigi is an ER physician. Would you not agree that in you know society standards, very competent individual in helping stitch something or you know you know remove a gunshot wound, no problem. But she's unconsciously incompetent at handling a, a, a trigger and and gaslighting herself since childhood. Yes, you're 29. <laughs> exactly, and you look fucking fantastic. So it will take us, GG. And if you're in your head and you had a tough time with the overview because you're sitting still, it might take you a little longer. So in this case, in this type of work, your, your mind education actually works to our disadvantage. We have a tougher time because our egos have been so used to getting validation for our thinking where this work is less thinking and more feeling. So it's going to be a – it's like – a new skill for you even though you're amazing at so many skills this is a very underutilized skill because the prefrontal cortex is is under is underutilized we we have arrested development in childhood at times when we were gaslit you because you you turn around and you become three years old again you could have a medical degree but you still when the guy doesn't you know when you break up or whatever, you then turn, you know, five years old, right? I'm so good at mental masturbation, staying in Exactly. So it's going to take, it might take you a little bit longer. So I usually say between three to six months of really intensive training before you can take something like that and integrate it within minutes. And that's really the greatest skill we never got taught. We'll go talk, 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 talk therapy all our lives, but we won't really, you know, do this type of work, which means sitting still and not distracting and just getting into feeling. And by the way, during the workshops and stuff, all of your shit's going to come up. So it's like, can I change my whole behavior around it? Kind of like ev eventually you'll start noticing you're using, you're not using your wrists for the tennis shot anymore. You're actually doing it right. And, you know, far fewer times will you go back to the old habit of gaslighting yourself. Hopefully was that useful, Gigi, sending you lots of love. Great question. Uh, next question, uh, Kate asks, one of my triggers is being told to shut up. 
the thing my father said to me most is, shut up, you don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're not the only one who was told that. Even my darling supportive mother would pat my hand and tell me, shush, they're there, just shut the fuck up. So I wouldn't say things to my brother, to the double standards that were a standard. I'm the eldest daughter of 13, seven brothers, five sisters. Ooh. So now I'm a researcher. I get my information first. Yeah, exactly. In other words, I, t I like to talk myself out of it, and I need all the information. These are the people who message me and go, give me every uh, uh, every. Um, I need to look at the curriculum first. I'm like, okay, so you can t think your way out of it. No, you just gotta trust. If you feel the if you feel the vibe, fucking go into it and trust. Right? You know. Because what you're doing is I, I need to get my information first, but I still attract people who tell me to shut up. I get so upset that I shut down for days. It seems like a pathetic response. That was her question. Okay. And then I said, uh, that was her post. And then, I, and then I just said this, which I'm telling you as a helpful hint. I said, thanks for sharing. I noticed there's no question there. So when you're asking, please direct a specific question so that I can answer you. So then she said, haha, okay, how can I respond in a more adult and less pathetic way? Okay, now that now I can work with you. How do I respond in a more adult way? You can't fake this. So what you're asking for me to do is tell you, what you're asking for me is, what do I say to people who tell me to shut up so that I can not respond in a pathetic way? In other words, tell me the content so that I can be not less pathetic. And the answer is, stop asking for this and go search after and rescue the context, which is your wounded inner child who was gaslit constantly from your parents, which you're not alone in. That's pretty much everybody in this community can resonate with you. So your work is to become trigger-proof to uh, your you know, this criticism or this, you know, feedback of being told to shut up, which reminds me of my last, just last week, we had a group call in our intimacy upgrade program, where we took our greatest criticism. And we did shadow work on it so that when it showed up, we'd be less reactive. So um, how do I show up in a less pathetic way and more adult is you can't fake it. You actually have to heal the attachment wounds from the, your parents that had you feeling stupid and not good enough and invalidated. And simply by spending time validating her, and it, like I said, it'll take a good three to six months for you to get really good, you're noticing massive differences within two weeks. People are like, fuck, I, my digestion's different, everything's different, I respond differently. Um, when you do that and you learn how to heal what it's really about, which is that younger self, slowly as you practice the tools of becoming trigger-proof to validate that inner child who's feeling gaslit, what you're doing is you're adding more fibers from the prefrontal cortex down towards your amygdala, which is self-regulation. My adult mind, which is my prefrontal cortex, and my child mind, which is my amygdala, my reactive self, my emotional mind, um, which is running the show when you tell me to shut the fuck up, uh, all of a sudden I become five, the more that I practice, my adult mind then sends messages, new fibers are laid down, neuroplasticity, rewiring, however you want to, however way you want to, you know, label this, you're literally changing the formation of your nervous system to slowly train yourself to not be reactive, kind of like in the body. 
because you can't talk your way you can't do I'll tell you doing talk therapy about it will not change your reaction because soon as they say something shut up it's not a, a logical reaction you literally turn fucking five years old whose mother and father said shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about you turn five years old so you have to reparent that wounded inner child and it takes time and slowly as you do somebody will say shut up and you actually don't react you have empathy for them because you've empathized with your uh empathized with yourself hopefully let me know in the comments if that was useful for you if you even saw it okay next one um kate just asked what if i'm the narcissist and don't see it in the mirror how to tell great question consider the possibility that somebody somewhere considers you a narcissist somebody who who is a narcissist well first of all i'm not talking about npd the diagnosable condition that's in the dsmv i'm not talking about that like donald trump um r kelly these are the like the the examples that are really big examples um you know they can't see they cannot see that they're narcissists so a key component of a narcissist is a lacking of empathy a preoccupation with external validation uh, a, a a lack of a sense of self that's that that is a sense of self derived by getting external praise and validation a deathly afraid like by the way who here like i can see parts of me that's totally narcissistic right um preoccupation with external validation guilty as charged um uh lacking empathy oh definitely there's time like as i had my back pain holy shit i've never had back pain before imagine 20 years as a chiropractor and i've never really had back injury or pain where i can't get out of bed it's never happened so i've never really been able to empathize with my patients so after dominic was born and diana you know had a back uh, issue i was just like in my mind i was like come on quit your fucking whining sometimes i notice myself my ego saying that when people are complaining about physical health issues i'm like could you quit your fucking complaining because i can't empathize with that so yes i parts of me lack empathy right um what else uh inability to handle criticism this is an amazing and, and how many of us can relate to not being able to take feedback if you criticized me before if you if you if there was any word that was said to me that i perceived a little bit critical my ego couldn't handle it i would become defensive i would turn it around and 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 gaslight and say well, i'm not you know selfish you're selfish oh you're just projecting you know oh fuck you stop projecting on me you know i use the work to gaslight other people right so i definitely have parts of me that are narcissistic and how to tell if you're a narcissist is here's the here's the kicker if you can't tell if you can't see your narcissistic parts then you are the problem then you are a narcissist <laughs> yes bianca a hundred percent here's how you can tell he goes how to tell if i'm a narcissist well if you're asking and you're acknowledging that that exists then in that moment you stop being a narcissist because a true narcissist cannot see it they are so possessed by the narcissism their ego is kind of hiding it they can't see it everybody else can see it you know everyone else, we all can see you know 
Donald Trump and R. Kelly, these are the big examples. You know, everybody else can see your narcissism, but you can't, which is the whole disguise of the ego. <laughs> so um, just by you asking, you're on the path towards healing. And how do you undo narcissism? Because many of our clients reach out and go, fuck, I've been listening to your stuff and I realize I've been a covert narcissist. Here's another way you can tell if you're a narcissist. If you are a narc survivor and you keep pointing fingers at others who are narcs and you can't see and you, oh, I'm an empath. Here's another one, my favorite. Oh, he was a narc and I'm an empath. Empath being I'm special. I'm different than others. There's no way that I could be a narcissist because I'm an empath. You know that you know uh, Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck. You might be a narcissist. Often empaths. What I've observed, the more extreme, are covert narcissists. Ouch! That might hurt, but <laughs> I can back that up. <laughs> Because if you feel criticized by this and you feel defensive and you want to say, fuck you, I rest my case. <laughs> because once I've, because I was that, I was that way, okay? <laughs> I was, my fiance sit by, okay, da, da. yeah, okay, I'm not going to read all that, Lois. Lois, um, when you're ready to do the work, I've seen you for the last year, when you're ready to do the work and get over your fears, and rather than just watching Facebook Lives and face your fears, you're going to see a massive shift. You know, I see a lot of lurkers here and commenters, and I never see them. You know, they're, they're asking questions. I'm glad that you're entertained. But showing up and doing the work is way different than watching this. An insight is great, but tomorrow you're going to forget. you got to show up and do the work. So, Lois, big love. I know you had, uh, you know... <laughs> you pegged me there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, the second that you say you pegged me there, I can own my covert narcissist. Oh, my gosh, I'm an empath. Oh, why do I keep marrying narcissists? Because you're a fucking covert narcissist, and I say that with the utmost empathy because I am too. Everybody is until they go, shit, I'm being a narcissist. The second that I can own that, I can learn how to integrate that. And the reason why we turn into narcissists is because as a children, we were not validated. We were gaslit as children, so then we gaslight other people. And then we marry people and get into partnerships that mimic those gaslighting. So we marry our parents who are narcissists. And then we're like, I'm an empath. He's a narcissist. Narcissist, 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 obsessed with labeling the narc, 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 victim, 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 poor me, I'm such a victim, I'm so innocent, I'm so innocent. Meanwhile, your kids are like, mom, you're obsessed with this fucking narcissist, we never experienced you, we don't have any empathy towards us, because you're so preoccupied with getting the validation from someone who has no ability to validate anyone, including himself. And the cycle continues. And so when I see, and I really am asking you, uh, you know, as a community, to let's get together. And somebody who comments, because you're going to see it tomorrow. Not everyone's going to watch this. You're going to see this tomorrow. Someone's going to go, help, I need some advice. Drama, drama, drama. Victim, victim, victim. Victim, 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 victim. Help, what should I do? Any advice, please? Okay. Then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, he's a narc. One word, run. 
and I'm just like this from somebody who I kind of ch click on their thing to see, all right, are we getting advice from somebody who clearly has some indication of a healthy relationship, a healthy relationship with themselves, a healthy family? Nope. Rarely do you get this kind of run advice from somebody who's in a real healthy relationship. So please watch for who's giving you this shitty fucking advice. Oh, I would suggest you talk to a counselor. He's a narcissist. I've been doing therapy for 20 years. Dear fucking Lord. How did we... How, how did we let... How did... Somebody fucked up. Somebody here... You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm trying to... I'm here trying to help people take ownership and break cycles and then there's people in this community that are trying to unconsciously oh my gosh let me tell you my story oh poor me me too hashtag okay this is not that community so this is about people actually doing the healing work okay next one all right uh da 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 da, da. would like some help with codependency um help with codependency constantly helping someone in my life but it's always about that person's problems every day and we never talk about mine very stressful trying to be there for someone else all the time that complains about the same issues consistently right boy do i know what that's like so jason let's see how committed you are if you're actually willing to do the work would like some help with codependency you didn't ask a specific question so i don't know what outcome you'd like would you like to learn how to break free from that because first thing i would get you to do is to own the part of you that actually loves the shit out of it because it's so familiar you know this is what i'd encourage you to ask jason may constantly helping someone in my life but it's always about that person's problems every day and we never talk about mine just like when I was a child. I don't know you, but I guarantee you that's why you tolerate it. Because it's so fucking familiar. So the first step to healing it is is owning that it's not about this other person. Right? God, what outcome would you like? This is when they say, I just want them to start seeing me as well. Content. So that I don't have to deal with these feelings of insignificance. Your answer to breaking free from your codependency is to address, stop looking at your other partner, and to start realizing that your partner is actually a reflection of you. You know? Always that person's problems every day, and we never talk about mine. Just like when you were a child, and just like when rescuing other people's problems. Here's the next step. Number two is to acknowledge that rescuing other people's problems is how you get your sense of validation and importance because you don't know because you don't know how to validate yourself and i'm not saying this personally to you i'm saying this for all of us who go through this at some point in our lives is that we don't feel significant enough and worthy and desirable enough and deserving enough to have someone listen and so we just keep tolerating it you know once you do the healing work and the inner healing where you learn to validate yourself and rescue that inner child who was never seen or heard, what ends up happening is you you start dating and then you go on maybe two dates and then you notice a pattern and then you see that that person never really 
asks about you and then you'll you'll actually go like this Jason you'll be like listen it's been a couple of dates I've noticed and um, I'm having the feeling that you know you never really ask about what's going on you know and what that does is that it gives me the message that I'm not important you know you'll you'll confront it and then without making anybody wrong about it and without being without being overtly like angry and reactive you say it in a very loving way or you sense it and you're like mm, this person mm, you know you've tried to communicate and it's just not in them naturally you'll you, you'll be like ah, this isn't for me because i deserve more so you're treated exactly to the degree that you deserve you don't get what you deserve you get what you'll settle for what you think you deserve right you don't get what you deserve you get what you will settle for right because you of course you're worthy and deserving of all the love in the world but you'll only settle for that because deep down there's an insignificant little boy inside of you jason that doesn't feel worthy of being heard so how do you break free from codependency is to stop focusing on her and start working on healing those attachment wounds that have you showing up as a rescuer so that you can feel validated ouch that, that hurts because I'm getting you to look inside at your shadows, but the truth hurts, but it will set you free. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Awesome. That answered it. Um, what do I want to say? Well, if what I'm saying is resonating and you have been kind of, um, you know, you've been lurking here and you've been pretending to do the work uh, by talking, you're telling your victim story and you're like, all right, I'm done. I'm ready to actually heal this. There's a few different options. The first thing I want everybody to do because it's ridiculously inexpensive, there's a link there to join tribe. It's this heal thyself tribe in Bali. I'm one of the guest uh, experts. And so for just a small monthly fee, I think it's like, what is it, 60 Australian dollars? 60, 70 Australian dollars per month, um, you get to join their tribe premium where you get workshops from amazing speakers uh, that are in alignment with that stuff. I'm not sure anybody else, but you get one workshop of mine, which is two hours once a month. So those of you who are on food stamps or really, you know, struggling because of COVID to make ends meet, we have this thing, which is a two hour group call where I do some training and answer questions specific to you, maybe do a hot seat. Uh, and, uh, you know, we don't go deep into the work. It's just a two-hour group call, but at least it's a step if you're super-duper broke. And uh, you don't, you're not in a position to invest anything, but you're like, invest much, but it's a monthly fee. And it's got a $1, one, here's, the, here's why it's crazy. It's got a $1 uh, first month trial. So it's just a no brainer for, for those of you there. Now there's other part, there's some, some other others of you who are actually serious and who are willing to invest and make it work. Um, I have another, um, where is it here? Ah, it is the overview experience. Oh, I'll, I'll do the link right here. Breathwork and Badassery, it's coming up. You don't want to miss it. This is a monthly thing in this community, which is only 67 bucks a month. 67 bucks. And each month I do an amazing breathwork thing that is following 
a inner child meditation. Some of you've never done it, not, never connected with that inner child. You've tried it. You're like, uh, and there's some resistance there. Um, the monthly in U.S. for that, uh, it's I think it's like fifty a month. It's something crazy, and it's two hours of a group call. You got to turn on your camera so we all interact. It's pretty uh, awesome. But then breathwork and badassery is sixty-seven bucks. So this is for like. Thanks to COVID, I've, normally we just had high-ticket uh, coaching that was for people who were really serious, and I would be helping them, and you know they were ready, they wanted my help, they're done with the therapy, they've spent thousands already, you know, and they're in a divorce, and it's like, how much is this divorce going to cost you? Oh, hundreds of thousands. Okay, well, I'm going to invest in healing, and not only that, fuck the money, I want to do this to break the cycle for my children, because this isn't <laughs> like. When you do this work, it's not just about you. You literally transform your nervous system. Everybody you come into contact with, your parents, your children, your clients, everybody benefits. You know, you, if you're benefiting from what I'm sharing with you right now, it's all the benefit has been on the other side of me going inside and owning my shit, owning my shadows that I was running away from. And so breath work is a nervous system regulation tool that you learn how to get into your body. Because if you have anxiety, chances are you don't know how to breathe properly. So having a breath work practice and having it once a month where we as a community get together and we work through and get into our bodies and work through those emotions, you know, I, I, may, I made that available for people who aren't in our community. Uh, who just want to kind of lurk and they don't trust and I don't feel safe and oh my god is this a scam you're just a chiropractor okay fine all of those you have very minimal minimal risk now there are some of you and then the next thing that you want to come to to really learn how to heal your attachment wounds and challenge yourself is the overview experience which is once a month it's a five-hour training sometimes it goes a little longer depending on the shares it's pretty badass uh, I don't know how to get it. Here it is. And you actually learn how to master these steps. Now, are you going to master it and become a wizard overnight? No. You're not going to be like a master overnight, but you're going to, there it is, right there. You're going to become much better over time. You're going to learn how to do it. You're going to, each time you do it, something deeper, you go, you go even deeper. There's a link there for the overview experience. And then there's others, parts of you, who are like, fuck this. Like, I want help. I'm serious. I'm done pussyfooting around, and I want your help. I want to get on a call. I'm ready to invest and put skin in the game. I'm not just a lurker talking about it. I'm ready to face my fears. There's a discovery call application. It's right over here. And I will... And you have, what you do is, I want to hear your backstory, because then I'm going to teach you how to dismantle it. It's the one time you get to tell your backstory, so we see it, and then over a period of six weeks, three months, whatever you need, because this is a priority, you're going to put your hand up and you're going to say, I want, I want uh, to break the cycle, the financial investment it, for for the. Um, overview experience is less than 500 bucks um, to work for the intimacy accelerator is less than 2000 um, and to go even further to get one-to-one -one help is is beyond that 
And when you're ready to get help and say, I'm ready to be a cycle breaker, I'm ready to become my own hero, I'm ready to stop the countless hours, 10 years of psychotherapy, 20 years of psychotherapy, and just really go all in and do the trainings for trigger proof, becoming trigger proof, boom. Awesome. New job paying off Geo. It's going to be an expensive year, but I'm worth it. Because Bianca, it's not just about you. It's about your children. And healing in a nervous system level, 100% of our families that we work with, 100% of our parents, please, as parents, please comment. Their parenting skills go through the roof because they've learned how to regulate their nervous systems. Is, is Domsy there? Can you bring him? I want to show you. I'm, I'm going to leave right now. i got to go. Was that useful for you? If you're jumping on now, this is almost a two-hour training. I hope you'll take a moment this weekend, if you're just jumping on now, and go back and watch this and take notes because I answered some questions, I clarified some shit, dispelled some of the drama, took ownership of how I love the drama, and the reason why I'm doing this work, I want to show you, is because of this little fucker. <laughs> Look how cute he is. <laughs> Hold on. There he is. This guy, who's my little mini-me, um, he's my outer child. He is the product. He's the product of me doing the inner work. And because I and continue, by the way, the work is for life. There will, there will be consistent opportunities for me to get triggered so that I can rescue parts of myself. And the more, the more I rescue parts of myself, the more fuller I feel, the more self-loving I feel, the more I'm able to give. You know, taking two hours of my time away from my family to tell you this because he's important to me. I want you to make sure that your children, you know, have the best chance you know, think about it. Imagine your parent 30 years ago having a moment like this and going, ooh, should I invest in healing myself? What difference would that have made to your life if your parents took the time to heal their traumas and invest in themselves? This guy's worth it because then 10 years, 20 years from now, he'll, right? He's gorgeous, hey? So, the reason why I do this work is so that he can grow up in an environment where he doesn't have to feel invalidated for his emotions. He doesn't have to feel um, he doesn't have to feel like you know he's not good enough because you know I'm using him to get some some of my egoic needs met. Well, right now I'm using him to get the attention because he's so fucking beautiful. I own that, <laughs> right? Who's the cutest kid in the world? <laughs> <laughs> who's the cutest who's the cutest boy in the world <laughs> so this is why this is this is why i do the work look at him so um on behalf of dominic domsey and 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 diana and i and everybody in this community i'm grateful that you're here i hope this dispels some of the myths and gives you a little bit of guidance please ask questions and, but direct them in the form of a question so that I can help you. And I'm committed to really helping those who are committed to the work. And I'm going to now start setting more boundaries of not really spending emotional labor on people who um, just want the validation uh, and the attention 
and to have their story validated in the content all of my all of my um, my guidance because uh, I, I don't like to give advice all of my guidance is going to be on healing the context and looking inside so if you find that invalidating and you just want to be validated for your story this might not be the right community for you and that's okay I'm okay with that you want to go labeling other people and talking about how everyone's an asshole except you this might not be the right community for you so I just wanted to drop that in today and and to give you this message and to say I really look forward to speaking with you if you're ready to break the cycle for the most important people in the world other than ourselves is our kids the, the greatest gift that you can give your child is a self-loving parent imagine if you were raised by parents who love themselves what difference would that make for you so that's why I make my inner work a priority is because having a, a, a father who loves himself, uh, Dominic gets to benefit from it. Look how happy he is about that. Are you happy that I am doing the work? He just farted. Anyway, I'll see you at the next perfect time.